welcome to Jim and Bob in the morning with Kristen. I mean, we could have just a, a weird start where we're already talking to. Like this? We do whatever we well, want. No. Now we'd have to come back into a talking thing. Well, we could start with... We could have a weird starting talking thing. Hey, welcome to Freedom. Uh, welcome to Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Just say, this is welcome to I'll Take Three of Movies Treasure Hunt. I'm your host for this episode, Kristen. Yo, what's up? Kristen from the Bronx. I'm still, I'm still Kristen from the Bronx. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. (laughs) Hello, everyone. You're listening to I'll Take Three of Movie Treasure Hunt. My name's Kristen, and I'm your host for this episode. I thought you were going to say, you're listening to <laughs> 92.1, something, something, something. <laughs> In this episode, we watched Empire Records from 1995. That was not the year I was born. It is not. Um, I want to introduce uh, Jacob. He's oh, the yeah. other one, who uh, other That's guy. That's me. Did you introduce yourself already? <laughs> no, I was, co- I was hoping you'd introduce me. Okay, and that's and over on my left, what you can't see is Alex. <laughs> you have your computer to your left? Everything's to the left, baby. <laughs> oh, God. Did so, you guys uh, introduce each other? Yeah, well, yeah. I think so. <laughs> that was Alex, I was Jacob, um, you yeah. are Kristen. Okay. I'm, a- I'm Alex. <laughs> 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 and okay. this is I'll Take Three, a movie treasure hunt. <laughs> okay. On 92.5. Shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we watched Empire Records, um, and that was released September 1995. It was directed by Alan Moyle. Hey, wait. Yeah, I agree. We need to pause for a second. What this is This was in our the category theme. of... Not category. It's more like a, a theme. A theme, yeah. What was our theme for this? Oh, yeah. For this, oh, I'm sorry. For this Our theme three. was great movie soundtracks. Is that Ur, what it was? Shiver me timbers. We found some treasure, Captain, with <laughs> Empire <laughs> Records. <laughs> and it's me. Introduce yourself. I'm the horrible monster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Hey, baby. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Love it. Ha- I just want to say happy Ra- Rex Manning Day to everyone. Hey, happy, happy Rex Manning Day, guys. Okay. Well, actually, guys, the real Rex Manning Day is April 8th. Oh, that was one of my fun facts, and you stole it already, so thank you. <laughs> You're the one who told us. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't tell us. You the said today, but you, everybody's going to think today's Rex Manning Day. No, not now. We corrected them. They know that. <laughs> they know you're saying. <laughs> okay. So before I was interrupted, Empire Records, I chose because it has a great soundtrack. It has a lot of B-sides of popular artists in the 90s, but it's still pretty awesome. I'm excited to talk about this soundtrack. And this I, movie. Yeah, I, liked, I love the movie. Uh, the soundtrack, so there are tons of songs in the movie. That I was like, oh man, I love this song, and they're not like listed on. They're not on the soundtrack, and that was kind of like 
gosh, there's so many good songs in this movie that are just playing, but they, they're not part of the They soundtrack. probably just paid to have it in the movie, but not to yeah, exactly. re- put it on the record. Yeah. So my favorite song from the from the movie, which we'll get to later, um, is not part of the soundtrack. I bet I know what it is. Don't tell me. But I won't. We'll save it for later. All right. <laughs> okay, you guys done? okay well i'm just telling facts about the movie (laughs) okay okay so empire records was filmed in new jersey and north carolina but it was based in delaware oh and this movie was a huge flop when it first came out it only all around made about $290,000 $290,000 when it was budgeted for $10 million. $10 million. Holy cow. Yep, it bombed really bad. Dang. But it's become a cult favorite for everybody. Cult, cult favorite. thought you were about to say Cult Cabana. Boom, boom. It's Cult Cabana. Okay, go ahead. And that's all I have on the the facts about the movie. Well, I, I have I have an interesting fact that I found, um, according to um, something. Where did it go? Is it Hold about on. the screenplay? It was about uh, it was about Breakfast Club. Oh, um, is it like it's a modern day Breakfast Club. I thought Club? A, no, I thought this the so the company that. Um, was that pr- was producing this movie? They had bought the screenplay um, from Hiken, uh, Warner Brothers. That's who it was. Um, Carol Hiken, who wrote the uh, screenplay, or wrote the. It was based off of her story, basically, um, and so she sold the film rights to uh, Warner Bros. And uh, they had a no. I'm sorry, it's about Clueless. Um, they were approached about a script for Clueless, uh, but they decided that they already had a teen movie in hand, so they turned down Clueless, and oh, then Clueless wow. went on to make $57 million in, bo- in the box office. And, they and, stuck l- with the and launched the career of... Nobody? Oh, Nothing. Uh, Sorry, I didn't Donald know that was Fiazan. a <laughs> I was thinking Paul Rudd. Oh, dang oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Clueless. I've seen parts of it from Kristen watching it. Well, you I should watch it. For I those that, that don't know... Um, Kristen is my wife. I am Kristen's husband. No, he's not. He's lying. And Jacob is my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Another cool fact. Kristen is my husband. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 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 Another cool fact about the lady who wrote the screenplay, um, Carol Heitkin. Um, when she wrote this, she based it on her time while she was working for Tower Records. Um, and she took a lot of like her memories and stuff from working there and wrote it into the screenplay. That's so cool. That yeah. is cool. Record stores seem like so much fun, especially probably 80s, 90s time when, um, when things got more rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> one of my, uh, one of my, one of the things I wrote is, uh, this looks like the coolest place to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looked awesome. I agree. I think it'd be so cool to work in a record store. I like going to the used record store now and go yeah. check out the vinyl that they have. I got mistaken for working there once while I was looking for records. That's awesome. 
this lady came up to me and she was like oh do you have this record and blah 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 and i was like i'm not too sure i don't work here she's like oh you have like the persona of working in a record store and i was like how (laughs) like how do i have that persona (laughs) did you backhand her that's funny i did not i should have every time every time i go to the record store and it it was like this when I was younger. Every time I go to the library, it's like anytime I go somewhere where I'm just standing around looking at stuff, I always have to go pee. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if there's a connection there or well, what. Well, they have a bathroom there at the record store. You just have to ask if you could use it. Nice. That's good you got the plug now, Alex. The last time I was at a record store, I think um, I was watching Frank Turner perform at the record store. That's awesome. In Nashville? Yeah. Nashville, yep. It was uh, before one of his... I saw two shows that night. Uh, first at the record store and then second at um, uh, Canary Ballroom, I believe. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I miss awesome. concerts. Me too. <sighs> awesome. The interesting too <laughs> thing about <laughs> the record store was that I feel like it was way past our time when it was like... The record store was like a place where everybody went and hung out. And that's kind of where you found who you were going to be. You know, like what music you listened to defined who you were and stuff. Like that was the place to go. And I feel like with our generation, we kind of missed that because those started dying out. The record store part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, I mean, we had kind of the dying days of the CD stores and stuff like the Sam Goodies, um, those types of places. But I do think something that kind of helped music still define us was MySpace. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. It was less of a physical place to, um, you know, have that music, but it still was somewhere that you could define yourself through music. MySpace was so cool. Shout out to MySpace. Didn't Justin Timberlake bought that buy that and then like nothing happened with it? <laughs> yeah, like he, I think he made it into like a more of a music friendly thing. But nobody uses it. But like no, yeah, nobody uses it. It was a flop, just like this movie. I thought you guys were joking. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were referencing the social network. <laughs> i was like that's not him (laughs) (laughs) he really did buy myspace i think it's part of like a group um a corporate group but yeah yeah and they they attempted to lean it more towards like music musicians that connect musicians together and stuff like that if if you have more info on myspace and justin timberlake please use hashtag uh not my myspace can't wait to look that up later. <laughs> so, um, do are we starting with the opening of the movie, or do we have anything else before? I've got nothing. If you're ready, Kristen. Yeah, let's get this started. Boom, boom, boom! Into the drop. So immediately, it started, and our TV was turned up really loud, and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, we watched this. We bought it on Amazon Digital Video, and at least on our TV, the songs were really loud, and then the dialogue was a lot quieter. Oh, mine was mine was all right. I also watched it on Amazon uh, Prime or whatever you said. 
Because <laughs> you moved off fun. of us and you watched it because we bought it. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> in, in more or less words. Yeah, more or less words. That was a, it was a long story short situation. I didn't know what to I to expect um, from this movie. And in the beginning, I really didn't know what it was going to be. Because um, it, it starts with um, the guy, Luke Lucas, right? Yeah, Lucas. <laughs> And he's just talking to himself, or is somebody talking to him? I think he's by himself because he's close. He's closing up the store. Yeah, the he's store. he's by himself at first, and then um, the character Gina, played Gina. by Renee Zellweger. Ren- uh, that was not <laughs> <the> <laughs> way that was How do you say her name? R- Renee Zellweger. Zellweger. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> She comes in and she makes fun of him on how he has responsibility to close the store. And then he's like, well, Joe, who's the manager, gave him a couple of rules. And he totally broke all of them. (laughs) I wonder if one of those rules was don't take the money to Atlantic City. (laughs) I think that was an implied rule. (laughs) It was like a non-spoken rule. You know, put it in the bag, deposit in the bank, whatever it was. But he found, he found like, um paperwork for the record store to become uh what was it music town right yeah to become a franchise music town they had like they were... a little layover to go on top of the store so you could see it they're about to be bought out and that's the name of their store right empire records mm-hmm. yes yeah so at the beginning he's talking to himself opening getting ready to close the store up and he's gonna Take that deposit straight to Atlantic City. Gamble it away, baby. He's going to deposit it in Atlantic City. Yeah. Get it? It's going to recirculate. Is that a joke? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just said words. When when I, uh, when I I when this scene started, I wrote down, let's go to Vegas. Oh, I miss Vegas. First off. That's where I thought it was at first, because the first thing it shows was Caesars. But I was like, this doesn't look like Vegas. Yeah. And then you see the big Trump Plaza, and you're like, oh, it's Atlantic City. Ouchie. And oh, Trump Whoa. Plaza, gross. <laughs> Oof. Um, he goes in the casino, and he's, like, just calling calling out what's happening. He's, like, 22, and it's, like, 22 black. And she's, like, thanks, man, or whatever she says. And I wrote down, what well, in the hell then, is happening with this guy? And then first he pulls that slot machine lever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does that first. She says, lucky. Yeah. The whole lady, because she wins. Like, is he magic? What is happening? Well, then he walks up to the craps table and lays that money down. And then he freaking... What is it, 9000 something? $9,000, yeah. That's crazy. And, and I don't remember how craps works. Still to this Me day. neither. I still have no idea how craps I, I hate. I, I get so frustrated at craps because I go over there with Alex, and then he'll talk to somebody. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I yeah, I'm I panic way money. bad. I can't play table games. I panic too much. Oh, I can do. I can do uh, blackjack. Blackjack's easy. Roulette's easy. Um, craps, you just have to get familiar with it. If uh, the easiest way, just pl- buy one of those, or not even buy, get download one of those free apps, and just play that. But I mean. The way he's playing it at the beginning, because he's coming up to the table, um, you know, it's a fresh table. So first things first, um, the unspoken rule 
is you never say seven at the craps table. And he comes up there and he's like, so what? I just got to roll a seven. <laughs> and not only does um, he do it, <laughs> but nobody cares that he just said seven, which I was like, this isn't real. This is <laughs> not the way people would react. They're mad. But uh, yeah, so when it's um, you come up to the table and there's nothing on, you know, um, you want to roll a seven or eleven, and that's um, you win because you're on the pa- you're betting on the pass line. Um, so what you don't want to have happen is roll what's called craps. So that's um, two, three, and twelve. Um, that that means you crap out. Yeah. So he he's his luck <laughs> is this is this an episode of crap out? Crap out. I think it might be. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, his luck continued on that first one when he rolled the seven and then he, uh, wants to let it ride. <laughs> He's got $18,000 on this. And it was like, are you sure? <laughs> he then loses. he loses it. <laughs> he sucks. And he, yeah, he craps out, rolls a two or a three. I can't remember. And that's been, um, craps out. Thanks for And all that. the people around the table, um, when the, he comes up and he, lays down the money and he rolls that first one they're all like in love with this guy <laughs> and then he loses and the one guy's like man you used to be cool you used to have nine thousand dollars it's a good line that's funny yeah so he lost all that money in like <laughs> 10 seconds that's how that's how gambling works so then we go back to empire records and we get to meet two more characters and Lucas is there, right, at this part? He's back at Empire? Well, or not yet? We, no, not he's, yet. Yeah, he's, like, sleeping on his bike in an alley, I think. Yeah, that's right. And then the two characters we meet are AJ and Mark, played by Ethan Embry. And, and AJ's say, uh, Johnny Whitworth. They should have, instead of Lucas going to Atlantic City, they should have took Mark, played by Ethan Embry, to Atlantic City. Because he is the luckiest son of a bitch alive in two years from this movie. <laughs> when Vegas Vacation comes out. And he plays um, Russ Griswold. Um, and he gets a fake ID by the name of John John Papa Giorgio. Is that right? No. <laughs> Nick, Nick Papa Giorgio. Nick Papa Giorgio. And he, he wins like four cars. And he wins thousands of dollars at the crap stage. That's awesome. So he, sh- they should have took him. I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe because it was, it's maybe it's not in the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> There's not an extended Empire Records vacation universe. I don't think oh, so. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, um, they find Lucas and he's all asleep on his bike in the alleyway and. Um, he's just acting really weird, and then they ask him like what happened, and he's like talking about how he went to Atlantic City, and then that's when they figure out that he had to have lost the money that he took from the store because he closed last or the night before. So they're yeah. like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> like shit's gonna hit the fan. Oh crap! And little did they know that was the problem because he crapped out. <laughs> Crap table, right? No, okay. 
Alrighty. <laughs> Crickets. Um, I got nothing. Keep going. <laughs> That's okay. better than mine, Jake. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And real quick, too, fun fact. Um, as because they go finally into the record store and you see the whole place. Well, they built that. Or... Oh, go ahead. They built that record store. They had to build it. Like, oh, the for whole the filming set. of it? Yeah. Oh, that's it's cool. not. Is it a real building or just a, a set piece? Do you know? No. <laughs> I just awesome. thought that they had to build like, the inside really great, of the yeah, record sure. store. That's cool. Well, they have to have all that room for that for that dance party they have later on. That's true. But I mean, a lot of it's on the street, too. So. Billy on the street. Is that what you said? Billy on the street. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, and then there before they go inside, um, the boss Joe shows up, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. And he's all complaining about it being Rex Manning Day. Yeah, he's complaining because he had to dress up. Yeah. And, and so I, uh... I wrote down what, who is Rex Manning? <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that's the point of this part is to make you wonder who that is. That that means it's a uh, a knock out of the park on their part, man. Great job, movie guys. Um, so he pulls up. He's all angry. They walk in, uh, and the phone starts ringing. And he's like, pick up the phone. And he's like, it's the bank. And he hands it off, and it's the bank. And, oh, man, the next phone. Oh, and now it's your boss. He's uh, in a world, world a- of pain. AJ's or... picking up the phones, right? Yeah, AJ's picking up the phones. Is that? Yeah, AJ. Yeah, he's the one with the cool hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't have all their names memorized. I've got I've got like looks and okay here we go ready okay. who is uh Liv Tyler's character's name oh god I don't know let me pull the Wikipedia ah never mind I don't know any <laughs> of the I don't know any of the actors names who is it's the... Corey <laughs> what page am I on Liv oh, Tyler god. you can't you you... all right Wait. you're out he you asked lose. who's Liv Tyler in the movie. Yeah, I don't know you any don't... of the I don't know any of the actors' who, names. Which okay, how about this? How about this? <laughs> what is the character's name played by the actress who plays an elf in the Lord <laughs> of the Rings movies? Uh, uh, I don't know. Now do you know who I'm talking about though? <laughs> no, I'm not even. Oh man, I got no idea. <laughs> Liv Tyler played an elf, um, in the Lord of the Rings movies. What which elf did she play? Nah, I Are don't you know. Serious. <laughs> You serious, Clark? Oh, oh, okay. You're talking. Okay, my bad, guys. She looks different to me. I always thought she looked like um, Lauren Graham a little bit. This is the uh, podcast where we compare celebrities, <laughs> doppelgangers. Uh, where were we? Um, one thing too, um, Joe, when Joe starts talking, I I thought he his voice sounded like a less gruffy um, Al Pacino, later Al Pacino. <laughs> he because I kept thinking, is that Al Pacino? <laughs> 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 uh, for the first twenty seconds or so that he was talking. Did you actually think it was Al Pacino? I didn't really think it was him, but I was like, could that be Al Pacino? <laughs> Because it it's sounded that, enough like him. It's 1994 when this, or 1995 when this movie came out. Is that Al Pacino as a teenager in this record store? No, it's Joe. Oh, it's Joe. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I we're, we're talking about AJ still. 
Ciao. 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 Smojo reference. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Okay. We have some weird like connections going here. Like what are the, what's the word where it's the middle like the blending of stuff? Um a smoothie. Intermingling. <laughs> An orgy. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Hey, I wrote I wrote orgy down <laughs> later on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we cut to where um, Renee Zellweger is picking up Liv Tyler from her house. Gina picking up Corey. Correct. Dang and Corey's God. talking about wanting to lose her virginity to 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 Rex, oh Rexy boy. And uh, she wants to know if that's a good idea or not from Gina, her really, really good friend, apparently. Yes. <laughs> that's all I had. <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> I thought you had more. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kristen keeps leaving everyone hanging. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Okay. So, um,. <clears throat> yes, so she wants to lose her virginity to Rex, and her friend Gina is all for it. She's just like, yeah, he's perfect for you, and it's like, no, he's not. <laughs> She's just like trying to build her up to do what she wants, or says she wants, not really what she does want. Yes. Poor <laughs> Corey trying to get talked into losing her virginity to... Rex looks Don't. he looks like um Professor Lockhart. Hey, so I, ca- I get that vibe. Here's another <laughs> comparing <laughs> two people. <laughs> um, this is all I got for this podcast. Let's <laughs> end your notes. This is bad. That's a bad episode, Alex. I didn't know. No, I got more. <laughs> I for some reason that's all I keep bringing up. Hey, <laughs> so then. The girls get to Empire, and AJ stops them from going in real quick to tell them what happened with Lucas, because they all know, except Joe. Oh, right. Yeah, they're trying to keep it from him. Yeah. And so he tells them what's going on. They go into the store, and he's like, just pretend like nothing's happening. And so they're all acting normal. And then they do this cool thing that I would think would be the coolest thing to do working at that store is picking music throughout the day. Which would be super cool. And they do it with M&M's, which I thought was super cool. Yeah, you, if your M&M gets selected, you, you're the DJ. Yeah. And who gets and it but Mark? I like to. They have, um, I'm assuming this is the way things have been going for them, is who, whoever mu- music it was the day before probably is the one drying the M&M's, I'm guessing. Oh, that, that, way that would make sense. Um, and then they... Uh, get to veto a song throughout the day if something comes on that they don't want to, which comes up quite a bit. <laughs> and immediately, as soon as Mark starts his first song, well, not as soon as, but they listen to a, a little bit of it. Yeah, Mark's style is definitely um, more punky, uh, a little more rock, rock than um, some of them. Like, I mean, not like they all seem to like rock music, but his is. More heavier, heavier, but still kind of punk. Yeah, exactly. 
And I think they did like a really good job at like writing their characters because all their characters do have different tastes. Like they're all different types of people too. Like, I mean, Corey's like the popular, like, you know, book smart person, you know, and then like AJ's the artsy guy. And then that mute their music choices reflect on how their character is, like how their characteristics. Yeah, they're all very kind of generic characters, though. Just kind of like in a teen movie. Yeah, I I thought the characters were were done well, but they definitely had that kind of stereotypical. Yeah, I agree completely. Yep, they were pl- they were acted very well, and their little nuances and whatnot were nice. Yeah. For Definitely sure. the over overall was generic. Um, yeah. Um, I don't have my, my next. Ne- yeah, I was gonna my tell you what my next note was. <laughs> my next note says Mark makes out with a wall. <laughs> so, I don't know where that happened, but I remember, I remember that scene because uh, he he went he was outside the record store. I can't remember what he was doing, but he like got on top of the wall. My next note is check out the Game Boy. And oh yeah, I have that. I have that way later in my notes. Oh, okay, I don't know what time we're at, but that was at twenty minutes, so I'm not sure where we're at in the movie. But that's my next note. Oh yeah, so after they pick their music and AJ does the veto on the song, that's when we we meet Rex Manning. Oh, he shows up then. Yeah. Or no, oh, not, no, it's no, that no, video. No. Sorry, he doesn't show up. It's a music video. Yeah. yeah, right. Oh, okay, yeah. That's it's, true. It's a song called Say No More, Moan More. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, because then I wrote down uh, Rex Manning with three question marks. <laughs> so I think I was being like, <laughs> this guy? Because I thought he was supposed to be like a cool cool guy at this point, because what's her name? wants Corey. to sleep with him. Corey wants to sleep with him. So I was like, oh, this guy must be cool. And then yep. they show that, and I'm like, really? This guy? Yeah, this guy's a well, jackass. He's, but he's, yeah, but he's, he's supposed not. to yeah. be like a washed-up like right. movie star. Like He was in and like they, a TV show, and then he tried his hand at music, and yeah. They do a good job explaining it, but at, um, up till this point, the only thing I knew about him was Corey wants to sleep with him, so <laughs> I thought he was going to be Also, like really cool they guy. have an entire day about him. Rex Manning Day. Um, yeah, so that's, and then Mark makes out with the wall. That's the next thing I have. Um, and then that's when Lucas comes back to the store too, after that. And I, I, you kind of see, you, you really get to feel, um, Joe's relationship with the rest of the people. Cause you've kind of been able to see like, they're very, um, laid back and stuff. But then once Lucas shows up and, you know, Lucas has done something wrong and Joe, um, you know, he's considerate and everything. Yeah. So you kind of <clears throat> see that it, he's definitely a father figure to these kids. Definitely. And Lucas, when he walks in, he's got a bucket full of like quarters mm-hmm. and they like knock it out of his hand. And then AJ, the artsy one starts to glue it, super glue him to the floor. Just like, right. Water. Yeah. <laughs> and he, <laughs> When he vetoes uh, Mark's song, he also pulls the CD out and starts burning it, too. Oh, yeah. I, what was that? <laughs> I, d- I didn't quite understand that. Well, I read this article that talked about, like, why that scene was in there. And it's because in the screenplay, 
that Carol Hyken, I feel I'm messing up her name so bad. But what she wrote is that like when she was working at Tower Records, they would scratch the CDs if it was like a CD that they didn't want to hear, but someone kept cho- uh, like choosing it over and over again. They would like scratch it. So I think that was just a I, cooler I way so, to do but it. I, yeah, I couldn't like, yeah, I, did, I wasn't sure. Is he damaging it or is he doing something else to it? Like, I didn't know if there was something cool that would happen if you burned the bottom of the CD. What, but that makes that the simple thing is the most obvious. What kind of thing were you expecting to happen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it would. Next time you played it, it would turn into like some devil worship. Music. I was I was about to say Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is about to turn into a uh, robot. <laughs> oh, um, at this point in my notes, I also wrote, I wonder if Maggie likes this movie. <laughs> so That's our funny. sister is the perfect demographic for this movie came out in 95. She would have been like 15, 14, 15 years old. Um, she might not have seen it till, you know, the next year when it was out on video too. Um, and she was definitely, um, an outcast kid. So I was like, man, this is like her movie. And we asked her tonight and she said she loved this movie. So (laughs) I was spot on. I'm a genius. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I will um, we accept this award. <laughs> Take a bow, sir. I'd like to thank all my haters. <laughs> Get him off the stage. Kanye. <laughs> and at, uh, um, around this point, we also find out that AJ is in love with Corey. Ooh, drama. And um, what's he, he tells Joe he's going to tell... Corey and he's like I'm gonna tell her at nine no ten <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's pushing the time back it's like 1 p.m. or whatever yeah that's like his final deadline which <laughs> comes into play later at 1 p.m. yeah um makes sense that that's when it comes into play <laughs> is that the right time yeah um and then that I wrote here Game Boy Classic so that's when he's playing the okay, Game Boy nice. on the couch yeah <laughs> Because Lucas, he's told he cannot get up off the couch. Yeah, he um, can't get off the couch. That's in, in the like, back break room. The back break room? The back break, go, the back break, break room. <laughs> 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 you try to steal from us, we're going to break your back. <laughs> this is when Colt Cabana shows up and he starts stealing back And then I wrote here, because um, there was a cardboard cutout. And I th- I thought, is that Joe? <laughs> I thought that was kind of a cut out of Joe. I didn't realize it was Rex because they, they kind of have a similar face minus all the tanning that Rex Manning has. And then they have the feathery hair. So I was like, is that Joe? Why does he have a cardboard cut out of himself? <laughs> I didn't understand. It's the ultimate power move. <laughs> My next note. I don't know if you want mine because it might be jumping far ahead. Somebody else should probably take the lead. Okay. Uh, so we get introduced to another character, uh, Deborah. She comes flying in on her little Vespa. Oh, yeah. And she's definitely got the um, the outcast um, girl, moody like girl. Like angst. Like yeah, angst. Yeah, angst. Exactly. Yeah. 
she is very moody almost, and she's like r- rampaging through the place, not rampaging, uh, coming in with an attitude and like not talking to anybody, <laughs> just kind of scoffing at everybody as she walks past. You know what? I think when we everybody. saw her is when I thought Maggie might like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> not that Maggie was that angsty, but <laughs> Maggie didn't walk into a room and immediately start chopping her hair off. <laughs> I mean, maybe she did. I don't know. We'll have to ask her. Text her tomorrow. But when she's doing it too, she cuts off half her hair, and I'm like, "Damn, stop there! That's your stylish for at least like 2015 or whenever that was popular." <laughs> But now she shaves her whole head. Um, the actress is Robin Tooney, Tony, I feel <laughs> I'm screwing up all these names. She wanted to shave her head for real, so she did that on camera. That's oh. awesome. She looked yeah. good with the shaved head. She did. I feel like every every girl has to go through a period where they shave their head. Like it, it just has to happen. Do you think uh, Britney Spears watched this movie? <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> Uh, and then she comes out and she jokes around with AJ that if he wants to glue her hair, it's still in the sink. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he's sitting funny. there gluing the quarters. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And then AJ sees the bandages on her wrists. Oh, he right. He confronts her about that. Yeah, he, like, gets in her face. He's like, what is this? What is this? Yeah, and then um, Lucas, like, calms him down. Is like, she's in the store. She's going to be fine. Like... You know. Yeah, the character then, Lucas, I could never quite get a handle on. And then <laughs> Lucas was like talking to AJ, and AJ's like, "What's with you, man? You're yesterday you were fine, and today you're like the the guy from Karate Kid." And then <laughs> Lucas is like, "What's with today? Today?" <laughs> and then AJ's like, "Huh? <laughs> like, what is with today?" <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah, Lucas is an interesting guy. I think he's got, I don't know, he's got, like, some kind of, like, he's just, like, super, like, because he's got, like, abandonment issues, I think, because of the, you know, obviously, we find out later on in the movie, um, and it just, like, meshes with his social, his social abilities, right. you know? Well, you know what's funny is that in the trivia, a lot of people said that that guy who plays him, um feel bad that I don't know his name right now. Rory. Rory something. Rory. He was in Dazed and Confused. I know that. That's one of my favorite movies. Rory Cochran. Rory Gilmore. Oh. No. Wrong wrong podcast. But um, he was like that in real life. Like he was an existential person. Like Mm -hmm. everybody described him as that type of person. Is he is he British? He looks he, very British. Let's see, Rory Cochran. He looks Lucas British. In this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think he He's, looks. He British. was born in Syracuse, New York. Yeah, I was oh, wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. He played oh, well. Ron Slater in Dazed and Confused, Lucas in Empire Records, uh, Lee Schultz in Argo, and he was in CSI Miami. Um. Okay, then we go on to Mark. That's the next note I have. <laughs> Is that when he's starting the mosh pit in the store? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because yeah. that's my next note. Oh, and yeah. And then who vetoes him? Gina? Yeah, Gina does. Yeah, that was she funny. Said, she he's... says it's too early in the morning. <laughs> this it makes yeah, this... the people all crazy like. <laughs> 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 I 
And he's like, the customers need to be crazy. Like, <laughs> and then that one dude walk, walks up. What? Oh, what's Eddie. That guy's name? Eddie, yeah. <laughs> Eddie, yeah, the stoner pizza delivery guy. Yeah, that guy's awesome. I thought he. No, never mind. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> I thought he looked like Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> what? He looked like Jesse Eisenberg. He does to not me. look like Jesse Eisenberg. He looked. Here's what my notes say. He looks like a caveman version of Jesse. Eisenberg. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. Yeah, we're not cutting that. We're leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put. Uh, uh, yeah, that's basically that was my next note. But then I jumped really far ahead. So. <laughs> my net. My next note says Lucas wants money. I don't know. Oh, what that's that means. when Gina plays that song. The oh, okay, yeah. I want your money. Oh, lots of money. That song. Yeah, because she had vetoed uh, Mark's song and plays this one and starts yeah. sips, adding Lucas wants money. That's right. And she's like Joe's money, so it's like <laughs> alluding that everybody knows about what happened. Mm-hmm. And that's when Joe kind of confronts them with the Music Town information, right? Mm-hmm. And tells them about all the rules that would change if Music Town bought out their store. Yeah, I guess yeah. in a little piece of paper with a bunch of rules. And each of the he also tells them through. that like he had plans to buy out um, his boss to own that store. Yeah, the owner. Yeah, but because Lucas stole that money, <laughs> he's now going to have a lot of trouble because of that. Because right. he has to pay that back. Yeah, that sucks. That's that short teenage short-sightedness what did he even did we find out what he stole the money for he he did it just to get rid of the money so then the store didn't become franchise that's what i got from it i thought he was trying to make enough money so that way it didn't because he said if i can if i win this bet when he was about 1900 that makes sense well i didn't get what he was trying to do with the money he was like if i win this bet i think he would give it to mark not Mark to Joe. <laughs> you give it to Mark. <laughs> Mark. Here you go, Mark. Start a Bosch pit. Here's some money. <laughs> You'd give it to Joe to to save the store. I guess is my thinking, since he probably knew more of what Joe wanted. Um, you kind of see that later on. He's um, Joe was like, "You you knew all along," kind of a thing uh, yeah. near the end of the movie. Um, yeah, and then at when he goes over those music town rules, it kind of clears everyone out of the break room and Lucas doesn't want to keep sitting in there. So he's like, I'm, I'm leaving. And he takes one of the couch cushions. <laughs> well, and that's when they, and during that scene, uh, is when they're playing, uh, video killed the radio star. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, that was my, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Cause they're like basically getting everything ready for Rick Moranis day. He's about Rick to show Moranis up. And, <laughs> oh wait, what's his name? <laughs> Oh, man, I wish it was Rick Moranis. <laughs> Rex. What's his name, Rex? Rick Moranis. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rex Manning did. Rex Manning did. Um, do you know who Rick Moranis is, Jake? Well, I wrote Rick Moranis down somewhere on this past paper. So I know his name for some reason. Oh, my God. You, you, you don't know who that is? I couldn't put the name for the, to the face. Are you looking it up? Yep. All right. I'll wait. I'll wait for you to. <laughs> Trying to. Go ahead and fill the time. Um, <laughs> Rick Moranis Day. I almost said, instead of Rex Manning, I also almost said Rex Grossman Day, which <laughs> would have been very different, too. 
Um, Rick that was Moranis. the old Bears quarterback, Rex Gross. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rick Moranis. This would have been great if he had come into the store. Right? Yeah, I like Rick Moranis. Who is he for the podcast listeners? Oh, I'm sorry, podcast listeners. He was in uh, Ghostbusters, Spaceballs, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, he's I think the dad everybody in, in knows who Rick kids. Moranis is. Except for me. Nice to meet you. I'm Jacob Dukeser. Hi, Rick Moranis. He knew he knew the name, but yeah. He's so <laughs> famous, I know his name. He's a household name, Rick Moranis. Um, there, w- there wasn't anything else between um, Lucas heading out to the store, was there? Well, at that point where he goes out and he has the cushion, <laughs> he yeah. sees a kid who we come to know as Warren is putting Warren. CDs in his jacket. Yeah, he calls himself Warren Beatty. Um, here in a bit, <laughs> and we never find out his real name. He, he's only called Warren throughout the movie. It's a shoplifter. Yeah, he's a terrible shoplifter. <laughs> he's Are all like, about? "Let me cut this plastic off the CD." He was using a magnum. A magnum. Getting rid of magnums. A magnum. <laughs> magnum condom. He had magnum <laughs> pi in his pocket, and he was like, "If anybody." <laughs> Tries to stop me. You get him, bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, magnet. Okay, that makes sense. I thought he was using a little exacto blade and cutting the plastic off. I'm like, what are you worried about that for? <laughs> <laughs> magnet makes more sense. Um, magnum. Mag magnum makes a lot more sense. Magnet. <laughs> magnet. Am Gosh. I not enunciating enough? No. Are, are we gonna watch the show Magnet? Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Nice. Um, but Lucas, Lucas, is that copywritten? <laughs> Lucas not. eyes <laughs> the shoplifter and starts um, chasing him down, and then just like kind of tormenting him a little bit. <laughs> and then who? Uh, Gina announces over the loudspeaker that there's a shoplifter and mm-hmm. says if they can help get him or something they could no she's like just look we have a shoplifter (laughs) because he's running through the store yeah (laughs) and and lucas catches him eventually and brings him back into the store which fun fact uh the stuntman who got hit with that door like broke like some ribs or something because he hit it so hard like he hit the door and it like impacted and broke his ribs dang jeez yeah because luke lucas is hiding in a car and um, the shoplifter runs around the corner and Lucas flings the door open and he just runs right into it. The shoplifter does. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and he brings brings the shoplifter back there um, and they kind of confront him and stuff, right? And he won't um, admit anything. He won't give him their, his real name. That's when he says his name's Warren Beatty. And then um, I have Gina comes out of the room wearing just an apron. Um, oh, also Rex Manning gets there with his uh, that's manager person. Oh, yeah. Doesn't he come in while she's posing yeah. with the apron? Um, yeah, because so, she put on the Music Town apron. They'd all have to wear the uniform if it becomes Music Town. But she... One of the rules is they can't wear revealing clothing. She's like, well, they, this is the uniform. They sure don't mind revealing clothing. I missed that part. You're too focused on Gina in the apron? No, I missed that whole 
that whole part. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that at all. That was the best part of the movie. <laughs> Damn it. I was watching this with my three-year-old, so I had to like... Uh, yeah, that was... Um, mind her. They're like waving liquor. your hand around. Like People listening to this to can't see that. <laughs> they can <laughs> if they want to. Oh, Renee Zellweger is um, somebody I've, I never thought was that attractive, but she looked good in that apron. So. I don't know. Um, and that's when Rex shows up uh, with his manager, um, Jane. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Shane. Jane. And I wrote, Jane has weird eyes. <laughs> I <laughs> think she has beautiful <laughs> eyes. Her eyes are too bright. Th- could you compare them to any celebrity? Um, <laughs> Pac-Man. He's bright. <laughs> Pac- I don't know. <laughs> Pac-Man. <laughs> Pac-Man's yellow, though. Her eyes are, like, green. <laughs> green Pac-Man. Um, but uh, I like to, when um, Rex comes in and he's all, they're all fine you know, finishing up with um, the shoplifter, Warren. They want to take Warren's photo holding the st- CDs he was trying to steal. And they do like a little <laughs> montage. And then Rex starts posing with <laughs> Warren. <laughs> that was hilarious. The next, yeah, the next thing I have is uh, Warren tries to pick up all the quarters on the ground. And they're like going through the CDs that he had. And they were like, what are you doing stealing these? They're not even good CDs. It's rap, metal, rap, metal. Whitney Houston. This is the CDs he was stealing. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Before that, we get to see all of Rex Manning's fans and him doing autographs, I believe. Yeah, he doesn't like the chair, so they got to give him a new chair. He sits down and starts giving these autographs to these these uh, older older women. and uh, Right. For Rick or being young, a, young women. Um, did you say Rick again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rick Moranis, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or young women getting autographs <laughs> for their mom, too. That happens. Um, at one point, another song is playing, and they start dancing in the back, too. Um, Lucas uh, and AJ, right? And I think, um, I can't remember what song there is. Is it a Rolling Stones song? No. Uh, well, Lucas starts dancing like Mick Jagger. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> it's an ACDC song. Oh, is that who he's dancing like? Yes. He, it sure looked like Mick Jagger's dance moves to me. He does, ki- he does kind of do Mick Jagger, which is so funny because if I'm correct, I think that's Brian Johnson is the lead singer now of ACDC. Uh-huh. And he doesn't. I don't think he does that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And then Warren starts dancing with them, too. And they, like, you kind of see that uh, Warren's just a troubled kid uh, who needs some companions. Oh, we skipped over when uh, Mark comes to the back. Mm-hmm. And um, Lucas asks him if, who's his favorite artist. And he's like, Axel. And he's like... Well, do you think if Axl Rose was driving down the road and he saw Rex Manning stranded, do you think he'd stop and help? And then Warren's like, 
or Marco's like, does Axel have a jack? And then Warren's like, no, man, he like run him over and stuff. And he like goes all crazy and like acts like he's in a car accident. <laughs> yeah, I loved how they did the sound effects on that. Like they had like all the sound effects going over right. his head while he was doing it. It was awesome. That was funny. And I like to when Rex shows up um, before he starts giving autographs and he's kind of meeting all the people in the back. And they're all like slightly thrown out digs at him, <laughs> but kind of underhandedly. So he doesn't realize it. Like when Lucas comments on his hair and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so you kind of get that sense that none of them care about him being there. At this point, uh, we in also. Time, oh. oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, at this point in time, has uh, the, the boss come in yet? He's about to. Not okay. yet. Um, we also got to meet another character, um, Burko. He was that, like, musician. He looks like a hair metal guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I thought don't... he was good looking. <laughs> <laughs> he looked cool. Like, he he had a, a nice hair haircut. Um, also, at this time, he was Liv Tyler's stepfather. His name Whoa. is Coyote Shivers. I think, or slippers. Is he, is he a lot older than them, or is he just? He was with twelve years older than Liv Tyler. Oh wow! He's her and stepfather. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot in this movie, though. Um, it kind of has like a couple scenes with Deb, maybe not even a couple. Maybe with just like one scene, and then the music stuff at the end. Like he doesn't. There's not a lot of development with him. Uh, he's. He does not. He's uh, he's listed on the, as the soundtrack, so he's got soundtrack contributions. That's kind of cool. Yeah, his his music, like uh, him singing too at the end, um, when they sing that Sugar High song. Sugar High, yeah. Yeah, I thought he he was really good. He definitely had that punk ska sound to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's when the the owner of the store shows up. Um, what I can't remember his name. Do you remember his name, Kristen? Um, is it I think Joe? His last name was Beck. No, it's, it's not Joe. No, Joe's the ma- manager. Joe's the manager. Um, <laughs> hold on. It, his name is. I think his last name was Beck or something like that. But he goes up and he like introduces himself to Rex Manning, and he starts telling Rex how he wishes it wasn't. He didn't have a record story. Wishes he sold toilets or something. Yeah, yeah, because like his grandfather had like a like a yeah right a warehouse or whatever. Store. Yep. And then he's like, my beatnik father turned it into a record store. And it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah. if, I had, if I was cool. still selling toilets, I'd be making so much money. <laughs> he said he'd be rich, and that's how you know his name is Mitchell. Oh, oh yeah, Mitch. And that's when he he. He shows up because he knows that the deposit was never taken to the bank and he wants to take it himself. Yeah. And uh, Lucas starts talking to him. And he's like, hi, I'm Lucas. He's like, who are you? He's like, I work here. (laughs) And then that's when Joe covers for Lucas, too. Like, there's another part where you can see that he's trying to, like, help Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. And then he fills up the the deposit bag with uh, papers. Yeah. And gives it to him. Yeah, gives it to Mitch to take to the bank. Sends him on his way. And um, right after that is kind of when you had that Burko-Deb scene where 
you can um, tell that they had some kind of relationship going on because they were together the night before, it sounded like, and um, something happened where... She said something about not coming home or something. Right. So it's very... They don't delve into that relationship very much, but you can tell there had been something there. Yeah, I... uh, There was something that I read about the post-production that was saying that they cut a lot of stuff out. Um, Yeah, I read that too. Like, this whole... Like, the movie was supposed to be a span of, like, two days. Yeah. But they Mm -hmm. cut it all down to one day. Like, one day in there. It makes sense. And it's weird because they show... Like, most of the people show up at, like, what, 10 o'clock in the morning, and then they stay there until midnight, and they're all supposed to be teenagers. It's crazy. Yep. They got to stay stay in, stay out late. They're, they're at work for, like, 14 hours. Yeah, it's perfectly legal. Leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> they're not union. Um, yeah, and I don't... We didn't kind of touch on this, but Deb... Her relationship with um with the other girls who work there, Gina and Corey, is not very good. She uh she and Gina pretty much act like they hate each other, and then Deb um hates Corey, and Corey tries to be nice to her, but just doesn't work. So they definitely have some animosity towards each other. I think Deb and uh, Gina have kind of like a frenemy situation. Right, they do have a lot of like banter, like fun banter. And it seems like they do kind of get along, but like they're they're both aware that like her like Corey and Deb do not get along together. Yeah, they're, they're both kind of alpha females in their own way. Yeah, and so it's kind of That's a that uh, kind of environment. They um, know how to let those things kind of just slide off their shoulders, the jabs at each other. Whereas the Corey ones, it, it feels a lot more hurtful. Yeah, Corey digs in deep. Yeah. And then vice versa. She takes the insults a lot worse. Yeah. From Deb. Very sensitive. Uh, um, next part I have after the Burko, um, you know, Deb conversation is another montage. And it's to the di- Dire Straits song Juliet, which um, is my second favorite song in this movie. And it's the one I thought might have been yours, Jacob. Nope. Mine was uh, Video Kill the Radio Star. Uh, <laughs> which is why I knew when it played. I like I like Juliet from Dire Straits. That's a good song. Um, and then during that um, montage, Mark is like cleaning near this girl listening to music, <laughs> <laughs> and he like um, dusts uh, her, and he, she like um, moves her hand back and hits him, and he's like, oh, "What?" <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> He wanders to the other side. She's like kicked her leg up and he like grabs it and yeah, then he, like he kisses, her kisses her foot. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> this movie has a weird part. It does. But that I, I like that song. Um, that was There's another song I like more later on, but I've listened to it a lot. So this one caught me off guard. I haven't listened to this song as much. So I was like, man, I, I like this song. I forgot how good it is. Uh, let's see. And then, let's see. Sorry, I'm looking over my notes real quick. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. Oh, um, so Corey wants to, the next one I have is that Corey wants to take Rex's lunch to him. Yep. And she tells yep. Joe, like, this is happening. And he's like, no, Burko is. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. gives him, she gives And then the- she flips out on him. 
Yeah. Yeah, I have here. Um, this is when I wrote. Joe is really fe- feels like a father figure to everyone. Um, I, I wrote. He, he knows exactly what's gonna happen um, yeah. with Corey, and he does not want it. <laughs> I wrote down women be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down they got that dick on their mind. Oh god. <laughs> dick in a box. I wrote down uh, Joe's pretty great taking care of all these kids. he sounds like a babysitter like uh stranger things when steve has to help all the kids (laughs) that's what this that's all this is that's all it is man but yeah Corey (laughs) shuts joe down (laughs) make sure she can deliver rex's lunch to him and she makes it fancy she got a little candle she's messing with that little daisy Got it poking mm-hmm. out all nice and poking out all nice. <laughs> <laughs> Since the episode of poking out all nice, <laughs> yeah, I think it might be. I don't, I don't think it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then she stays in the room, uh, by you know by herself with Rex, and starts trying to seduce him. And um, she's and she, she's pretty attractive. She is, yeah. She's got uh, the short skirt and stuff on, too, and she's, like, seductively moving and dancing, and then she starts getting undressed, and Rex is just kind of... Not oh, interested? Yeah, he's like, you really gonna, you really want to do this? Well, and she says she was a huge... She, she used to imagine marrying him in her TV show, and he says, you're a baby. And she said, I'm not right. now. <laughs> it's kind of a weird thought. <laughs> yeah, for real. His reaction was kind of like nonchalant because he's like used to it. Like, obviously, it didn't it doesn't mean anything at all. Like, but I feel to like him at least. And I think I he like saw through her and knew that she. I mean, she wasn't the type of person who would do this because, like, with Gina, um, it's kind of a spoiler to you know what happens later, but it's uh. It it she he can tell the level of confidence and stuff that's there. Yeah, well, I think later on Gina takes like she takes the initiative. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but Corey does too. I she think it's just the out there. you I can just know. the attitude and stuff. If you know how natural it feels, how real it feels. I and I just and felt like with all the old ladies going to see him, he'd be excited about like this young thing in this pretty skirt you know doing this and then and then no skirt yeah (laughs) um yeah but then he's he's like you really want to do this and she says yes in some way and he like just stands up and starts to unzip his pants um and it it, to me it's because she runs out after that she's like realizing how scummy it feels like this isn't what she wants because she's a virgin at this point and um i kind of wondered if rex you know was so nonchalant about this on purpose because he he knew that she wasn't gonna f- go through with it i don't think he's that smart i don't, I don't yeah, think so either. i don't think so either <laughs> but it, i think it made he me, was just a pig <laughs> it made me wonder yeah i think you're probably right but he he seemed like he was aware at times and so i i wondered but you're probably right he probably wasn't it doesn't seem like that um caring of a person yeah and my next note was 
poor Corey, it had to be hard to put yourself out there. But which, which AJ I'm very glad does, that she changed yeah. her mind. I am too. But at the beginning, I guess I missed the whole part where he stood up and unzipped his pants. I missed that whole part, I guess. <laughs> you, you missed the part when Gina's practically naked. You missed the part when Rex is taking his dick out of the pants. You're just missing it all, Jake. Sorry, guys. It was, uh, I was uh, behind watching the movie, and so it took. Like, I tried to get it. I got it in today, but I was like, got it in today. Got it in today. But I was running around with Tariel all day, and she was very hyper. Was, the fact that I got this many notes and that I've got the characters' names down perfectly. <laughs> Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis <laughs> is uh, a testament to this podcast. Um, so yeah, when she runs out. She uh, heads up to the roof um, right around 1.37 p.m. And uh, AJ's already up there because he'd been working on their neon lights that they have on top of the building because they were not lighting up. And he thinks it's a perfect time to tell Corey how he feels about her, not knowing anything that Corey is just going through and, and everything. So is AJ working on those lights all day long? It seems like it. Yeah. He keeps going, going back inside, and then going back to the roof. Yeah, I, doesn't he? Because the lights never come on until, until practically like the, in, end. the yeah, end of the movie. Wondering. Yeah. Okay. He sucks. I guess. Yeah, he, he's not good at that. <laughs> keep keep your art, AJ. All right. Um, on, Alex. Yeah. So, I no, Kristen. Do you want to talk about this? About AJ confessing his love to Corey. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like he romanticized what he had with her like so much. Like he romanticized her the way she romanticized Rex. Rex. Yeah. And he just Age's timing was very poor. <laughs> well, he like, had he, he could he, he couldn't tell that she is like distraught like Right. I mean, she's she crying didn't even and you're trying to confess your love to her there, yeah. like what the heck? It was one thirty-seven. Yeah, he couldn't see what was really happening. Um, he was just so so worried about doing it that he didn't really realize it. So, just yeah, poor um, poor luck too for him. Because I mean, gosh, if he'd have done it an hour earlier, who knows? If if he'd have waited a couple hours later, who knows? Maybe and then maybe it was the right time um, in the long run. True to all of those thoughts. <laughs> True to that, bro. Oh, gosh. And then the next note I have is Corey lashes out at Gina after she talks to AJ. Right. Yeah, because uh, Gina is the, um, you know, the more carefree person uh, when it comes to sex. And uh, I think Corey... Um, can't get over how difficult it is for her to separate, you know, what she's wanting with what Gina does, and so she takes it out on Gina. Where are they at when they're talking? Are they in some like weird location? I think it's the pizza. It's a pizza restaurant across the street because yeah, because Eddie shows up. Gotcha. And he brings. He has like a slice of pizza that he brings to the table. I was confused. I was like, this is a weird record store. What is happening? Yeah. So they and they're like. Um, Corey and Gina are really good friends, so you know this kind of really hurts their relationship at least for a bit. 
um, and makes Gina lash out at Corey by going back to the record store and pretty much seducing Rex. Yeah, because she can guess the style and color of Rex and any man's undergarments. (laughs) And he is wearing some navy... Blue. What that's called. <laughs> what is? What was the style called? The style. Jockeys. 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 I like how you looked down at your crotch, <laughs> as if that was gonna provide you some answer. <laughs> I was like, maybe I look down and they'll give me the answer. Maybe I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> okay. I wasn't. Yeah. So um, Gina brings him into that uh, copy room, and she, you know, she's definitely the. Um, the person that is more likely to do this because she takes off Rex's pants for him. Um, and sure enough, he's wearing the navy blue jockeys. Yep. And at this point in time, there's music going and everybody's about to start dancing, to which I wrote down record store orgy, question mark. Also, <laughs> also, Gina's a bitch is what I wrote down. So there's an orgy happening because everybody's dancing around. Dude's taking his shirt off. I didn't know what was happening. Gina's over here getting it in the copy room. Getting with, it in the copy room. With with Rex. It was a a Rex store orgy. So Um I don't think she's a bitch per se. I mean, that was really a scummy thing to do, your was, friend. But her friend basically called her a slut. Like I I think it was the way that she took it more than what she more than so than what she said. I think it was on her, Gina's own insecurities that, based on what Corey said, that really made her feel that way. Well, Jean, or Corey was saying it based on her own insecurities was the fact yeah, that she's so wound up, so tight, you know, just not carefree like Gina she, is. I agree with the reason they were fighting that because she was so wound up and everything. Uh, but I think what Corey actually was saying to Gina, like she didn't call her a slut. She was just saying, I don't feel comfortable doing... Like having sex with tons, like with people. Yeah, but she, and she was like, "You're calling me a slut." She slot? was guilt tripping Gina, even though she, you know, she doesn't really feel that way. Um, yeah, just, just because just, she, I can see where Gina's coming from, and I, both of them are wrong. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. If, um, I'd so much call her a bitch, but I, I think she was just. That was her way of lashing back out at Corey. It was just poor judgment and hurt. You know, the same way that it caused, you know, what happened um, with Corey caused her to do it to Gina. Well, before all of that, um, the dancing and the record store happened, like, doesn't Gina, not Gina, Corey go and talk to AJ? And then he kind of, like, turns her down. And he's like, like, you know, why are we talking about this when she tries to confront him about his feelings towards her and stuff? And then we see her popping pills. Yeah. Yep, you're right. And so it's like nobody's perfect, like, you know, and I think that's kind of like showing that Corey, even though everybody sees her as like this perfect girl and even she tries to see herself like that, she definitely is not perfect. Yeah, they're both flawed, um, you know, in their own different ways. And they are both, they both lash out at each other. Yeah, she's taking speed. Diet pills. Requiem for a dream style. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Let's not talk about that movie. <laughs> Um, and then also at this time with the, you know, the dancing, um, and cause they're, the, don't they da- dance to a Rex Grossman song? Rex Grossman. Now I'm doing it. A Rex. Um, what is his Rick name? Moranis. Rex Manning. Rick Perez. It's not Rick Perez. <laughs> they dance to his song and then Deb is handing out, she's, she'd been making buttons for everyone. Yeah. And she hands out buttons to, to everyone. Um, yeah. And then, um, they, they all start dancing, uh. You know, and that's when it kind of Joe comes back in and he he gets upset. Everybody's just dancing and, you know, not really taking things seriously because, you know, that money missing um, is a really serious thing that's going on right now. Um, and he kind of, you know, cuts it into the dancing and Lucas kind of, you know, pushes back at him. And that's when they have that... uh confrontation and um lucas keeps telling him he's doing a superb job he keeps saying superb at being a manager and it's not making joe happy say it again superb (laughs) get in here yeah he drags him into his office and um beats him up a little bit (laughs) gives him a little gives him a little papow a little whooping Oh, but the, then he, he like immediately, like for? Joe immediately takes care of him. Like he goes and gets like a paper towel and gives it to him. He's like, <laughs> you know, you deserve that, right? <laughs> and, and Lucas, like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I don't think we touched on yet either was um, Deb had been working on something before she was doing the buttons in one of the li- little listening cubicles, and she was doing the taxes. Yeah, and Joe, you know went and talked to her um and you could oh, really yeah. tell that you know he cared cared about her and everything but you know she kind of pushes back on a lot of the stuff he's asking but at the end she kind of tells him you know i know you care about me and stuff um yeah and so back into the you know story after um lucas and joe kind of have their confrontation we um have the blow up between gina and Corey. Um, cause Corey well, goes we find, to, yeah, we find out that Rex and Gina were hooking up in the coffee right. room. Yeah. Everybody congregates. Yeah. Right outside the door. Yeah. Um, they're looking for Gina, aren't they? And yeah. They're, they're like, where's Gina or where's Rex? And then they're like, I got a better question for you. Where's Gina? Where's Gina? <laughs> and then Corey is like, I need to um, count down my till. Yeah. She's and, can I leave early? Cause she's fed up with the day. Obviously right. as everything has happened. But little does she know, nobody leaves Empire Records. <laughs> <laughs> it's like The Shining. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Gina comes out, and they're her and Rex are putting their clothes back on and stuff. Yeah, and Rick says, "What? No applause." And AJ's pissed. Yeah, they all start. Um punching him and stuff right or no, he, I don't he, know if they he, all he, start he, punching he, him he's on the stairs he's on the stairs and he jumps on <laughs> they all just start <laughs> get Rick Moranis now they're not even like trying to fight him they're just all punching it <laughs> we know we have Rex here but let's get Rick Moranis and beat the shit out of him um, um, yeah and then they tell him to leave um, or no he's like I'm gonna leave and they're like fine and he wants to know where his 
manager as Jane, but she quit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he said, we don't, like your, we don't like your new album or any of your albums. And he's like, I, I lied about your hair. It sucks. Or something. Yeah. And then when Eddie's like, you're just a washed up imposter, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's when I wrote in my notes, Eddie looks like Eisenberg as a kid. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. And, you know, when Corey and Gina, they kind of confront each other um, about their, you know, their flaws, um, you know, Corey obviously attacking Gina for her, um, you know, promiscuous behavior. And then Gina um, really shedding light on the fact that Corey is taking those diet pills, um, the speed. And this really like you can hear like the emotion coming from like this has been like something Gina has been holding in for like a long time. And how much like jealousy and resentment she has for her friend. Like, right. Yeah, it was intense for sure. They were screaming and yelling so loud and so real. It was what? Well, excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it it felt uh, very real watching it. And you know, everyone's around to see it too, including Deb, who you know so far has hated Corey. Yeah. And it kind of lets, um, you know, Deb realize Corey's not some perfect prissy girl. She's somebody who's got struggles and stuff too and that kind of lets you know things thaw between them and um they're you know deb starts being nicer to Corey. um you know you kind of get a relationship start to build there um and the next thing i have in my notes uh earlier on in the movie um mark got a uh brownie a brownie from his yeah, uh, is, good buddy Eddie. Do you want to talk about next, this part? This Jake? is my next note too. This is my favorite scene <laughs> in the whole movie. Yeah, go so, ahead. So Mark is sitting on the couch and he's wa- eating the brownie, and the brownie has sh- quote unquote sugar in it. Is what he sa- is what uh, Eddie tells him. <laughs> and uh, he's he's watching the TV, and all of a sudden it's like this. Uh, I don't even know what the band is. It's called Guar. Guar. <laughs> Guar. Yeah. yeah, and they're like bugs or something, and he's like. All of a sudden, he's on the TV and he's got the guitar and he's rocking out and he's watching watching himself play the guitar, and then the one of the bugs just starts eating him. And he's like, "What is happening?" And then he's like, "I love you, Eddie." Yeah, he's he's. It looks like he's all freaked out by what he's watching on the TV. And then he gets into um, it. Yeah, and he's all happy about it. Um, Guar, yeah, they're like a really intense band. They always wear those crazy costumes and stuff. Their costumes are insane. Like, yeah, they're really good costumes. Yeah. Um, oh, you they, you like them like a lot? Like their costumes? They're good. Yeah. You know they have huge dicks that they have on their costumes that just swing around and stuff while they're on stage. Oh, I didn't know that. I just meant like they're really <laughs> well done costumes. Yeah, because did you? I'm really into the big dicks. <laughs> Did you notice on that scene where Gore's playing, like there was like a blurred out portion oh, of no. it? I didn't. You didn't either. It's because the lead singer has a huge prosthetic dick hanging off of his costume. Like, That's hilarious. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to joke around a lot, uh, like when I would be home alone with um, our daughter or driving somewhere. I, Chris, Chris was like, hey, what'd you guys do? And I was like, oh, we just hug out and listen to Guar all day. 
<laughs> That's funny. I didn't know where that sentence was going to go. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, with my daughter. Come on, Jake. That's what I was. I was like, what is happening? No, but I would say we just listened to Guar all day because they're, you know, really intense fans. <laughs> Um, uh, so next we see um, Deb's funeral, right? Her mock that's funeral. That's my next note is yep, fake, same here. fake funeral. What surprised me is that Corey was the one that was organizing it. Like, Well, you know. I think I think it's because Deb reached out to her in the bathroom. True, yeah. Like, And so she's like, oh, she's a nice, caring person. I can do something. And yeah. Corey seems like a generally nice, caring person. So she's yeah. like, oh, let, me re- let me reciprocate and she, these. She knows... Somehow, you know, in just their little bit of time building that relationship, she knows the way to reach. Yeah, you know, Deb. Um, it's not through just talking to her. She wants, you know, do something that fits her style. Yeah, exactly. And this is perfect. The funeral, which she sets up with candles and this nice little pillow and like this things nice for her to lay on. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really cool. And everybody's there, you know, and they, <laughs> they all are going <laughs> to say a word about, um, Deb and they all keep talking about themselves and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good funeral. And then when they do talk about Deb, Deb, like really rolls her eyes at everybody. <laughs> right. Like then- Burko actually like says something heartfelt and Deb like, it's like, ugh, like shut up. <laughs> yeah. And while they're all giving this funeral, Mark's out there at the record store where apparently they have a huge rush happening. And he's like, help me, help me. Yeah. He just gets on the, the little PA system. The little, yeah, the PA system. And he's like, help me, help me. I know. It reminded me of when we'd work at a Dollar General. <gasps> and you'd be on the cash register. And then all of a sudden you just get slammed. Slammed. And you were the only one up there. And you'd have to call for help. And <laughs> it'd be nice if you just, yo, help me. Somebody help me. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Lord, somebody get up here and open a register. <laughs> um, yeah, AJ goes to help him, and then like ten seconds later, Mark comes to the <laughs> like immediately. Like at that line, just like fast. abandoned AJ. Yeah. He's like, "You got this, game. <laughs> um, and then Lucas and and Joe, um, kind of start talking too, and that's when you kind of realize that Luke, you know, Lucas's uh, abandonment. Um, and that Joe had kind of adopted him in a way. Yeah, they all kind of get – he gets, like, really deep all of a sudden and mm-hmm. uh, talks about talks about that and talks about how Joe took him in. And then at this point, this kind of triggers Deb to be open and honest. And she talks about how she was just doing it for attention because she used a a, a daisy razor blade with a uh, – a lady lady Bic. Lady Bic, <laughs> yeah, with a – a moisturizing with strip. a moisturizing shift. Thank you. Um, yeah, and she takes the bandage off, and she just has all these little tiny cuts on her wrist. Yeah, and she sheds a tear. Yeah, it's a, a good scene. And then, um, you know, kind of when that wraps up, Warren Beatty—not the real Warren Beatty, but the shoplifter. <laughs> She's like, "What if the war- real Warren Beatty showed up? That'd be crazy. It'd be a little scarier." <laughs> Um, but he shows up with a gun. Yeah, I wrote, oh, snap, kid with gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you wrote that. Just in case you want to know where I was at in my notes. 
but he like points it at AJ and fire. You know, you hear it fire, and you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> where is this movie turning?" <laughs> <laughs> he is, and he is wild with that gun. He's just swinging it around everywhere. It's like a huge gun too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so everybody come, you know, rushes out, and then a couple shots go off, and you realize it's either not a real gun or s- something's going on with it. Then everybody starts coming out from the funeral and kind of doing ninja moves to go yeah. take out War and Beatty. And they, they all kind of talk to him. Um, I like how Deb, um, you know, she kind of, I can't remember exactly what she says, but when she's talking to him, she mentions something about God, and she refers to God as a she. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Hashtag cancel culture. 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 Yeah. Hashtag, Hashtag cancel culture. culture. How do you spell that? Culture. 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 Randy Couture. Is that Anyways. It? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Go ahead, Kristen. Um, so that whole time, like, um, Warren's, I feel like he's just trying to get, like, revenge on them but he really it seems like he doesn't have anywhere else to go like he's bonded with those people and he wants to go back there but right he doesn't know how to do that <laughs> yeah he thinks he needs to just escalate what he did earlier <laughs> <laughs> when burko comes out like he i can't remember what warren said but he said something about look what lucas did and then he's talking to Joni's like are you gonna get are you gonna give me a job now like and burko's like is that your dream, Warren? You want to work at a record store? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you want a job? <laughs> He's like, uh, I could, could I get a job? <laughs> so, yeah, you kind of realize it. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of what happens. The cops show up and, you know, realize he was just using blanks in the gun and stuff. But uh, before they take him away, they throw him a... A name tag with the name Warren on it for the for Empire Records to to work there. Yeah, and he says, "Can you hold it for me for when I get back?" So they nope. keep it, and it comes back. And it was at this point in my notes when I wrote, <laughs> "How long have they been at work?" <laughs> like, man, this is late. Yeah, that never occurred to me. I don't know. It's sometimes like when you like working somewhere, and when like around, especially when you're teen years, you never really cared about. Yeah, because like all your friends were at work, so that's at least true. that's that was and, my experience. And their place, I mean, isn't exactly, uh, you know, a place they're having to just put in a bunch of hours mm-hmm. at one task. You know, they kind of get to goof around and stuff. Um, and that's when, you know, the uh, the owner shows back up, right? Yeah, Mitchell. And I can't remember exactly what he's there to to do. Um, I don't think that's that part. Is it not yet? Okay. Do you have something yeah, else? Yeah. I think the next part after Warren gets arrested is um, they start trying to come together to help Joe and Lucas. Oh, I remember. Yeah. So they, what they do is uh, they've got a camera crew outside. And so um, what's his right. face runs out. Mark, Mark, is it? Runs outside mm-hmm. and gets in the camera and is like, Oh, come outside, come outside. And it's like, save Empire Records. And so they're going to have this huge party. Um, and everybody needs to come because they're going to have live music and um, get in That's for free. That's right, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, because, kind of like, all the other employees were, like, 
giving money to Lucas. Like, like Deb sold her Vespa and yeah. Joe gave there. him something that said he's like, you could go hawk this, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a ring or something. Yeah, his, I think it was like a watch. And they like emptied out their wallets and yeah, and it stuff. ended up with like three thousand bucks. And then that's and when Mark got that idea to go to the camera crew, and then that's what starts the whole montage of getting the fundraiser together. Yeah, getting right. a little party together. And that's um, you know, that's Luke. You kind of realize at that point Lucas wasn't getting the money for himself. He was. He wants to get it for Joe. Yeah. And Lucas was like ready to take the heat for gambling that money away. Like he told Joe multiple times to call Mitchell, like call him, like I'll right. deal, I'll deal with the consequences. Yeah, for sure. Joe was protecting him. Um yeah, and that's when Mitch shows up, right? Am I right? No. <laughs> no, they have the no. He you, they have the, the party they happens. have the fundraiser first. Yeah, to which so then they, yeah they're doing the montage of the fundraiser. Everybody's showing up and they're setting everything up on the front part of the building and everything. And oh yeah, the, up the, band. the band and stuff. Yeah. Um, which, one of the my notes is these old ladies at this party are sharing a solo cup. They're like taking <laughs> taking different swigs of a solo cup, and that was. <laughs> That was my big takeaway from the party. That's my kind of party. I know. I was into it. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of uh, different groups of people show up, too. You've got, like, the hippie-style people yeah, in the big van. Yeah, the van, and the smoke comes out of the van. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've great. got, like, the the rockers and stuff. And like, skaters show up. Yeah. They, they're the ones that bring the kegs. <laughs> yeah, and when the music starts, everybody's dancing so awkwardly and so differently. And it doesn't go together at all. And that that's the kind of cool thing about a record store. Like, everybody goes to the record store. I mean, you you have to get your music well, somewhere at this, you know, stage of yeah, technology sure. and stuff. And it's kind of like a place for every um, type of person, especially, at, you know, at the teenage level to show up. And then that's when Mitchell shows up. <laughs> ah, here we go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it again. <laughs> he shows up and he's like super confused about what's going on because there's so many people there. And then he goes to the back and he talks to Joe and uh, Lucas shows up. And basically Joe quits. Like, Yeah, but they, they're gonna, like, we're all going to quit if, yeah. if this happens. Right. And I, I wrote here. Um, what about Warren? Because <laughs> they just gave him a job. Uh, obviously, it gets cleared up a little bit, but <laughs> at this point, I was like, what the heck? Yeah, he shows back up. No, but I mean for him, you know, him to have his job. <laughs> oh. He shows up quick, too. Yeah, he's yeah. out of jail immediately. <laughs> but it's just funny that they're like, yeah, you can have a job here. Uh, we're all going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was on the text chain. Come on. It's 1995. Yeah, but that's awesome when he um, quits and, you know, there's a million customers there and Mitch is the only, Mitchell is the only guy. Yeah, and he's got no idea how to, run the, how to run the register. And he's like, oh my God. Um, Yeah, and earlier on, we, we kind of didn't touch on this, but when Gina and Corey have their big um, fight and stuff, and then Gina talks to, to Deb at Deb's funeral, she 
you know, it admits that really what her dream is is to be a a lead singer in a band. Oh, um, speaking of those two, we didn't talk about how they made up during the funeral, like the mock funeral. Oh right. Oh yeah. Dad yeah, and because Gina. Corey was like, "I miss Gina." Oh yeah. Joy. Which is funny because yeah. Deb was like, oh, that's sweet, but this is about me. <laughs> 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 and then Gina shows up and then her and Corey make up. Right. Yeah. They don't stay mad at each other for long. And, and then. That was a um, crazy fight. So that's interesting. Yeah. So the, the band starts performing um, and it's um, Burko, his kind of his band, I think. And they're playing that Sugar High song, which is a really cool song. Um, and Gina gets to sing with him and then he, you know, eventually I don't, I think it probably happens in between some of these scenes, but he has her her start singing the lead on it and, you know, she's really nervous about it, but she does a great job. So she kind of gets to get a taste of that dream that she was talking about. Yeah. And that's, that's my favorite song of the movie. And it's such a bummer because on the soundtrack, uh, Renee does not have any vocal in it. Like, it's all, oh, that's lame. Yeah, it's all just coyote. Yeah, that's lame. That's that's ugly. Coyote, ugly. Coyote, ah, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, explain that to me in grave detail. Um, so there was this movie. I'm bored. <laughs> it was called 2001: A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Is there a monolith involved? And it's about <laughs> these two guys racing cars. This is Mad Max? One of them is a cop. Leave yeah. the weapon. And um, Robert De Niro. <laughs> meet, meet the parents. Um, no, not that one. It's where he's a mobster. <laughs> Meet the so, fuckers. Yeah, where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> Meet the, um, oh it's yeah, that the, it, they're doing the Sugar High song, and then, um, oh, they were like collecting money that whole time throughout the whole fundraiser, and then Good Joe goes to give the big jar yeah, of money. They collected the the nine thousand that he owes him. Yep. Yeah. So he's gonna give it to so Mitchell. He, yeah, and he's like, "Here's your money," and then. Mitchell's like, Joe, you love this place. Like, let me sell it to you. Yeah, he's like, I hate this place. He's like, let me sell it to you for real cheap. <laughs> That's what he says. And, yeah, they get it. And so they get to keep it Empire Records, too, and not let it go to Music Town, pretty much. Um, and while this is happening, AJ um, and AJ, Corey. Yeah. AJ's got the sign fixed. Well, it's about to get fixed when Corey gets up there. They're like getting into each other, talking. Oh, I think getting I do love each you. Other. Yeah, exactly. And my next note is: Did Corey get electrocuted? <laughs> <laughs> is that what caused the sign to? That's what it looked up? like to me. Yeah, that definitely was a weird connection there. Because <laughs> <laughs> she I, like swooned when that happened. Yeah, she like fainted basically, <laughs> and the light turned on. And when. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say when that happened and he, uh, AJ like picked her up and like went to go swing her around. I made a comment to Alex during the movie and I was like, how tall is Liv Tyler? Because <laughs> she like looks 
so tall compared to AJ. <laughs> And she's like trying to. It looks like she's bending over backwards. <laughs> yeah, and she's five ten. Like she's tall. It's tall. How tall is AJ? I don't know. I don't have that information. It's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, they um, you know, they admit to each other um, that they both care about each other and that they do have. They got the go- um, the googly go- eyes. Yeah, l- some love there. You know, then. Who knows what kind of love it is yet, but yeah, they do love it's each gotta other, be so. some big love. He's moving to Boston for her. Yeah, because she's going to Harvard, so he's gonna go to Harvard school in Bo- Boston. They're gonna meet a janitor there. He's really good at math. And then he's gonna be like, "Do you like these apples?" <laughs> no. How about them apples? <laughs> I messed it up. <laughs> I got her number. How about them apples? <laughs> like, why don't you? Get in, get out of my dreams and into my car. <laughs> All I was thinking about was Sam Adams. So, oh, um, Johnny Whitworth, who plays AJ, is six foot. Dang. So um, they're about the same height. Whoa. And uh, you know they confess, you know their feelings for each other, and then this is around the time, kind of when the Sugar High song is done. My favorite song comes on. Um, Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms. Till I hear it from you. From you. Till I hear it from you. you. (laughs) Till I hear it from you. I I really like this song. For you. No, from you. From you. (laughs) I was just singing it. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That that first Gin Blossoms record, um, and then you know, kind of those subsequent songs before their songwriter died, are are, are really good, um, and so I really like this song. Gin Blossoms actually came to uh, to our area um, last year, but we went and saw The Offspring instead. There was like two <laughs> '90s bands that are had like a couple <laughs> small hits. Both came to southeast idaho around the same time it was weird and you guys chose the offspring over the gin blossom blossoms well that's because it was was at the fair (laughs) yeah it was at our our fair which in southeast idaho is a big deal um because it's it's the eastern idaho state (laughs) fair it's where you can everybody from around this area because it's all so spread out can go and you know it's kind of cool it's pretty awesome and th- yeah, that's everybody goes up to the roof. You know, all the people who work there, they still aren't going home. <laughs> 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 and they kind of just celebrate the night and everything. Yeah, it and goes into a different song at that point. I didn't write it down, but it's a cool song. And then they're all dancing and having fun. And then the credits roll. And it goes back to the Jim Blossom song. It only takes a break from it for a few seconds. No, it doesn't. So, so it goes it goes to the credits, and then what happens? And then these words start did, coming did up on the, the screen. Did you watch the credit scene? Yeah, and yeah. then Ethan Embry and the guy who plays uh, Eddie. Mark and Eddie. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Mark and Eddie are discussing music. music. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about who's better and whatnot. And yeah, and Mark's, yep. Mark talks about Primus, and Eddie's like, Primus? Get the fuck out of here, pretty much. 
And then we hear a car and, crash. Yeah, a car crash. <laughs> and they don't even care because they're so interested in talking about their music. <laughs> and that about summers up. Sum, summarizes. Summers up. <laughs> I still have one more thing in up. my notes. Oh, um, okay. Fine. Looking through the credits, I noticed a character uh, played by Toby Maguire. His king, I, his. I don't remember. S- yeah, I was gonna say I don't remember seeing him at all. Yeah, there were uh, three. There were forty minutes of the film were cut, and it cut out three significant characters in post production. Crazy. I wonder if there's a is there a director's cut or anything out there? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't know. That'd that be would cool be interesting. I don't see anything on their Wikipedia page about it. That would be cool. If you're out there and you're listening to this podcast, people who are in charge of that, <laughs> release <laughs> the cut. Release the cut? Is that, that hashtag release the cut? <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. There's a, uh, on June 2003, they released a remix special fan edition DVD. The unrated version is 107 minutes long and includes four extra scenes and 17, 17 minutes of additional footage. I think that's wasn't the one we watched that long, or was ours shorter? I can't remember. What the let me? No, ours was like an hour and a half. So ours was, yeah. So ours was missing the extra seventeen minutes. I'm looking it up. Look it up, Alex. Look it up. Yeah, that's all I. That's all I see about this though. On here. Interesting. They uh. It says, uh, an internet meme among the film's fans celebrates Rex Manning Day on April 8th. Hashtag Rex Manning Day is a recurring trending hashtag on Twitter. Oh, interesting. Um, so, yeah, on, on this it does say it's an hour and a half long on our version. So we did not get that extra long version. Well, you will have to check that out. And then it says, uh, in, eight, in 2018, a musical adaptation of the movie was aiming for Broadway in 2020. The show would be produced by Bill Weiner, musical lyrics by Zoe uh, Sarnak, and the book by Carol Hyken. But, uh, oh, interesting. That hasn't happened, I believe, obviously, because of everything that's happening. The c- coronavirus. C-c-corona. Yeah, make it sound cool. um awesome yeah Kristen, this was your pick did you want to start off with the final thoughts or would you like us to um well how did you guys like the movie because neither of you had seen this right yeah I, i had not seen it before um overall i liked it i enjoyed the soundtrack a lot i really vibe vibed with it um I felt that the ending definitely felt forced, like they were just trying to rush there real quick at the end, um, and then, uh, but overall I liked it, and I, I thought the way that they did it at the end was kind of funny, in a little bit, in the kind of the way that Lucas kind of talked to the camera, and was like, oh, but that's not everything, and then they go up to AJ and Corey, right, it's kind of like, he was almost a narrator the whole time, but he wasn't at all, except for the beginning and end. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd, I'd never seen this movie either. Um, this is one of those movies I've always heard of because I think it, it it does have that cult classic 
status, but I really didn't know anything about it. And I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, especially if you were a teenager at this time, I bet this movie was awesome. Um, but I, I thought it was really good. The, every, you know, everybody did an awesome job in their performances. And I thought the characters, um, even though they were a little stereotypical, um, but I think that just happens with, you know, big teenage ensemble movies. I thought it was really good. I, I definitely enjoyed it. And the soundtrack rolled. Oh, go ahead, Jake. I gave it three stars on Letterboxd. The old Letterboxd. Um, I gave it three and a half mm. on Letterboxd. So, you know, um, I, I think that's a, a recommend to watch for sure. I gave it four and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your thoughts about it? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously I've seen this movie you know, before um, I actually grew up on this movie. Um, my parents like this movie a lot. And so I've seen this movie quite a bit. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So I definitely did watch this in my teen years. Um, and I liked it a lot. It's, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, the music's good. The storyline. I think, I think it's all, it's all good all around. All good in the hood. Yep. Hoboken, no joking. <laughs> Angle would say what? Angle would up to no good say what? Oh, yeah. Um, can't even get it right. Gosh. My bad. <laughs> Nora. Yeah. Wrong movie. We're not talking about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, not talking about that movie, do we want to talk about what our next movie is? Yeah, so... um. I am wrapping up our I'll Take Three first theme of great movie soundtracks um, with the film American Graffiti, filmed in the um, 1970s and set in the early 60s. So it's got some really classic songs on the soundtrack. I'm I'm excited to watch that. I don't know if I've seen that one. And it's directed by George (laughs) Lucas, too. Do you want to wrap? Wrap it up, Kristen. Wrap it up like a like a present? Like a penis. What? Dick of the bugs. <laughs> With the magnum. <laughs> magnum PI. Get him in here. Oh god. Magnum P9. Okay. Well oh, nice. <laughs> well it was fun watching this movie. And it was fun talking to you guys about it. Glad I could share one of these movies that I've seen quite a few times. And uh, they love. And it has a great soundtrack. Um, Yeah, so uh, this was our second episode (laughs) of I'll Take Three. Um, We are on Twitter. If you want to give us a follow, at I'll Take Three Podcast. (laughs) Three is the number three. I-L-L Take Three Podcast. Um, We also have our individual Twitters. I don't know if you want to plug those. Um, Mine is at Alex Express. Mine is at Jacob Dukesher. And Kristen is not participating. Kristen uh, will not be plugging her Twitter at this time. The way that you ended that, it sounded like there was more to your handle. I think he was leading you into I was trying to lead you, yeah. Okay, mine's at I am Kristen 1. The number one, not spelled out one. (laughs) 
<laughs> also, Kristen is spelled K-R-I-S-T-Y-N. <laughs> uh, you can follow our podcast. Uh, that is at I'll Take 3, and it's I-L-L Take Number 3 Podcast. I'll Take 3 Podcast. Got it, guys. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>